Hello and welcome to Living Word Ministries. We're impacting lives and changing the world. Join us as we dive into the Word of God. Thank you, Father. Praise the Lord. Greetings. Sunday, new day that the Lord has given to us. We are rejoicing in it. I trust God that you are also rejoicing. I trust God that you've had a good week and um, all is well with you. Let us have a word of prayer before we get into what we're going to share today. Thank you, Father. The heavens have declared your glory. And the feminine showeth your handiwork. Day unto day, utterest speech, and night unto night showeth not language. There's no voice of speech where their voice is not heard. Lord, your word is true and is coming to us with power to set us free, to deliver us, to transform our lives, that we walk in obedience to your word. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm going to sing from the Methodist hymn book, hymn number 516. Maybe you have your hymn book around you or you got it words, you know the words. I want you to join me um, in singing this um, song. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glorious, what a glory he shares on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still. And he abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey. Then you know the song, trust and obey for there's no other way. We're going to sing it. So, um, my keyboard is not here, else I'll be playing and singing at the same time, but my keyboard is not here. Not that I know where A or B is, but I would have going to play. But anyway, not, not to worry. Two, four, just join me in singing the hymn. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he shares on our way. While we do his good will, he abide with us still. And with all who will trust and obey. Trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Not a shadow can rise, nor a cloud in the sky, but his smile quickly drives it away. Not a doubt, nor a fear, not a sign, nor a tear, can abide while we trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Not a burden we bear, not a sorrow we share, but at all he dwelt richly repay. Not a grief nor a loss, not a frown nor a cross, but is blessed if we trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. But we never can prove, 
thank you, Jesus. But we never can prove the delight of his love until all on the altar we lay for the favor he shows and the joy he bestows are for them who will trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Then in fellowship sweet, we will sit at his feet, or we walk by his side in the way. What he says we will do, where he sends we will go. Never fear, only trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way. To be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way. To be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. I'll sing the three. Not a burden we bear. Not a sorrow we share, but at all he dwelt richly repay. Not a grief nor a loss, not a frown nor a cross, but is blessed if we trust and obey. Trust and obey the Lord. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Trust and obey him all. For there is no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Yes, as a believer, you have the responsibility to trust the Lord, to trust him and obey his commandment, to obey his word. Today, I want to talk to you about obedience, what it takes to obey God. You see, it's, it's one thing doing something is another thing actually obeying. Obedience is the, the, the first and the most important thing God requires from us. Obedient is the first and most important thing the Lord requires from us. He expects us to be obedient. If we walk in obedience, the world will not spend millions of pounds on the judicial system. The world will the world is at this stage, the state that is in today because of an act of disobedience. If we do not obey the laws that are set out for us, all we do is we create more and more and more problems. Paradise, Calvary, and heaven all proclaim in one voice, obey, obey, obey. Every realm of the spirit Paradise, Calvary, heaven, they all have one pro proclamation, and that is we must obey. You see, we as human beings, we the species of this earth, we have the, the gene of Adam, we have the Adamic gene. Um, in Genesis chapter 2, 
Genesis chapter 2. I know you know the scripture, but um, let's just read over it, jog our memory, remind us of these things. Genesis chapter 2 verse um, 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden of of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you should not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. You see, God gives Adam instructions. And he tells Adam, everything that I have put in this garden, I've placed you, you have authority, you can, you can use anything here, but only of the tree of life, of the, the tree of good and evil. Only of that one, just one of them, do not touch, do not eat of it. And in Genesis chapter 3 verse 11, and he said, who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? You know, God instructed Adam. And then, you know, the story, you know, it goes down that God came down in the cool of the evening to talk to his children, Adam and Eve. And Adam, Adam, Adam where are you? Adam said, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm here. Where are you? I'm, I'm hidden. Why you hid yourself? Well, because I'm naked. Well, why? who told you that you're naked? See, have you eaten of that which I told you? Have you done what I told you not to do? You know, people think that this scripture is referring to, you know, sexual, but it's not at all. It's just an act of disobedience. I told you don't do it and you've done it. It's, you know, you've done something I told you not to do. That is just the, the, the wrongdoing. So, we, you see, we have the genes of Adam. We are prone to disobey. Obedience is not a requirement. God did not require Adam to obey. It was a command. Don't do it. A command. See, God delights in the one who follows instruction as he commands. God delight in someone who follows instructions as he commands, as the Lord commands. Let's look in Luke 5. Luke 5. I'll read from verse 1. So it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Genesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into the boats which was Simon's, and asked him to put, to put out a little further the land. And he sat down and taught the multitude from the boat. When he had spoken, when he had spoke, spoke, um, when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and catch nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when he had, and when they had, and when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was broken. So they uh, 
signaled to their partners, to the other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' feet, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he, for he and all who were with him were astonished at the catching of the fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John and the, son of Ze, uh, the sons of Zebedee who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. So he so so when they had brought their boat to land, they forsook all and followed him. Jesus, you see, God delight in the one who will follow instructions as he commands. Jesus told Peter and the rest, go a, bit, a little bit further and drop your net for a catch. And as they followed those instructions, their obedience was paid off. There is no other way for you that you are ever going to be happy in Christ than to follow instructions, to obey what God is asking you to do. To follow instructions means you must do what you have been asked to do. Staying in your lane. Staying in where, what God has asked you to do. Some of us, we lose sight. We lose track. We lose our vision because we, 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 we try and bring all other people's vision into our vision and, and, and it just becomes chaotic. Stay in your lane and do what you need to do. If you need, if God has told you to do something, obey God. And when you obey God, you will be rewarded. There is many ways to kill a car. But whichever way you take to kill it, the bottom line is, as long as the, kill, the cat is killed. Your way might be different from mine, as the Lord has assigned us. We have different gifts. We have different talents. We give different abilities. God has made it so. You stay in your lane. And don't be, don't be envious of others. You stay in your lane. I, I, I want to read, talk a little bit about Saul, 1 Samuel 10. You know, we know the scripture to obey is better than sacrifice. We know that, um, you know, Saul disobedience. But let's look at it a bit close, closer. 1 Samuel chapter 10. You see, it says, if you read all the account, you see Saul is sent by his father to go and look for their lost, um, what is it that they lost? Um, thank you, Lord. He's gone out there and he's been sent for a purpose, I would say. He go, and then in his errands, in this looking, um, Thank you, Jesus. Samuel gets 
a message from the Lord to anoint Saul to be king over Israel. Why? Because the Israelites have asked the Lord for a king. They were under theocracy, which is God's rule. Now, they don't want that anymore. They want to be ruled the same way as the other nations are being ruled by a human being. Democracy. So, in the end, God gives them what they want and tells Saul, and tell Samuel to anoint Saul to be king. And then Saul, um, Samuel tells Saul, there are things that are, th some things are going to happen. And in verse, uh, in verse 6, if I go back to verse 6, then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. Samuel is telling Saul what is going to happen. That as you're going back to your parents' home, you're going to come among some prophet, prophets. And when you come among them and they are prophesying, the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you and you will also prophesy. So all these things had come to pass. And in verse 9, um, Samuel is giving another instructions to Saul. He says, so it will be when you had turned turn his back to go to, from Samuel, that God gives him another, another heart. And all these things came to pass that day. When they came there to the hill, there was a group of prophets to, to meet him. Then the Spirit of God came upon him and he prophesied among them. So Saul is now prophesying. Listen to me carefully. I'm building up something. We're talking about what it takes to obey God. Thank you, Lord. So, Saul is now a prophet. Saul is now seeing God's hand upon his life. And in first Samuel uh, um, in first Samuel thirteen, putting up the story forward, verse eight says it says, Then he waited seven days according to the time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come in Gilgal. And the people were scattered from him. And Saul said, bring me the burnt offering and peace offering. Here, um, bring them here to me. And he offered the burnt offering. Now, it happened as soon as he had, done, he had finished presenting the burnt offerings that Samuel came and, and Saul went to meet him that he might greet him. Saul had been told by Samuel that you go to you go home. I will come to you in seven days time and I will show you and I will tell you, I will teach you how to do this. But Saul has become overconfident. 
Why? Because the Spirit of the Lord has come upon him. He has also prophesied. So he takes the responsibility upon himself and present an offering unto the Lord. You see, we must be obedient to the Lord and we must stay in our own lane. We must do what God has asked us to do. We must not do what God has not told us to do. Now, you see, We you say that and then people get into the, you know, into the, uh, you know, go out of line, go, you know, instead of staying in the middle of the road, they, they go to the extreme one side or go to the extreme on the other side. I'm not saying when you, 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 you know, when you've been asked to wash cups and you've washed four cups and there's one still there. You're not supposed to wash that car because you haven't been told to wash it. No, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying to you, if you're to wash cups, just wash cups and don't go and do something else. Like Samuel, that, you know, like Saul being asked to go for seven days and wait there. I will come and I will give you instruction. But after seven days, he hurries up and go and present an offering. I want you to... Let, let, let's read this scripture. Galatians 4. Galatians 4. Thank you, Lord. Galatians 4, verse 8. But then, indeed, when you did not know God, you served those which by nature are not God. But now, after you have known God, or rather are known by God, how is it then? How is it that you turn again to weak and bugling? elements to which you desire you desire again to be in bondage you observe days and months and season and years i'm afraid for you least i have labored for you in in vain paul is saying that you need not to get back into the things that you have already been delivered from. Obedient is not a display of rituals and formalities and offerings. Like Saul was thinking that because he has not offered a peace offering and sacrifice offering, he might lose the people. No, to obey God is rather better than the peace and sacrifice offering and ritual that we want to do. We so want to do for God. God's not interested. What God is interested is what God is interested in is that we do what he has asked us to do. If you don't respond to God's prompting and do what he has asked you to do, you are in disobedience. You see, our happiness is within us responding and obeying God. Of lately, I've been over the moon. I've been extremely happy with the things that God has asked us to do and we are pursuing it. You see, God is a God of a second chance. Saul, as a, um, Saul anointed 
to be king of Israel, messed up, did an offering that he was not supposed to do. In verse 13 of chapter 13, And Samuel said to Saul, You have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandments of the Lord, your God, which he commanded you. For now the Lord will have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom shall be shall not continue. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people. Because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. Then Saul said, Then Samuel arose and went up from Gilgal and uh, uh, and Gibeon um, to, of Benjamin, and Saul num numbered the people present with him, but six, about 600 men. I want you to notice something here. Saul has been told he has offended God. He has disobeyed the commandment of the Lord. And therefore, because of that, the kingdom is being taken away from him. Have you, have you obeyed? Your kingdom would have been established over Israel, but now it has been taken away from you. The, God, the Lord has sought for himself somebody else to be the captain and commander of Israel. What did Samuel do? Samuel gets up and count the people and go walk away. No heart of repentance. No heart to say, can you sort God out for me? Can you pray for me, Samuel? Can you, do, can, can you reach out to God for me? I have messed up. No, there is no heart of repentance for, from Saul's side. Isn't it a shame? You see, there is, God is always a God of the, uh, a second chance. And he will give us a second chance. But we must not abuse his mercy. His mercy for our life is new every morning. When we wake up in, and we sing the song, great is his, you know, his faithfulness. His mercy for our life is new every morning. And, but we should not abuse it. When we get up in the morning, it's new. That doesn't mean we ought to abuse it. Because there is a place, a point of no return. There's a place when the anger of God comes upon you. So let's be mindful of ourselves that we need to obey God. And in our obedience to God, we need to follow details. And if, if we are doing that, we can be reassured that everything will be well with us. In 1 Samuel 15, I say God is a God of a second chance. He's a God of a second chance. After... Samuel has told Saul that the kingdom is taken away from you. Then the Lord gives Saul another instruction. It says, 1 Samuel 15, I'll read from 1. It says, Samuel also said to Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint you king over, over his people, over Israel. Now, therefore, heed the voice of the, 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 voice of the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I will punish Amalekai, Amalek for what he did to Israel, how he abused him on the way when he came up to when he came up from Egypt. Now go and attack 
Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and do not spare them, but kill both men and women, infants and nurses and children and um, children, ox and sheep and camels and donkeys. So Saul agreed, and so Saul gathered the people together and numbered them in Tamalami, 200,000 foot soldiers to 10,000 men of Judah. So Saul gets a second chance. God sent him to go and destroy the Amalekites for they are doing against Israelites when they came up from Egypt. So the Lord's instruction is destroy everything. Don't let anything live. Verse chapter 9. I mean uh, verse 9. But Saul and the people spared Agar and the best of the sheep the oxen, the fatling, and the lambs, and all that was good, and were unwilling to utterly destroy them, but everything, but everything despised and worthless that they utterly destroyed. Saul gets a second chance. From the Lord, God sent him out to do a job. And then he messed up again. What do you mean he messed up again? Well, he was instructed to destroy everything. But verse 9 says he didn't. He left the good ones to, his, to their own eyes. So in verse 13... Chapter 15, verse 13, it says, Then Samuel went to Saul, and Saul said to him, Blessed are you of um, blessed are you of the Lord. I have performed the commandments of the Lord. But Samuel said, What then is this blessing of the sheep in my ears? And the and the lowing of the oxen which I hear. And Saul said, they have brought them for the, from the Amalekites for the people, for the people spared the best of the sheep and oxen to sacrifice to the Lord your God and the rest we have utterly destroyed. Samuel then said to Saul, be quiet and I will tell you what the Lord said to me last night. And he said to, to him, speak now. So Samuel said, when, I were, when you were little in, the, um, in your own eyes, you were, you were not, um, when you were little in your own eyes, were you not head of the tribe of Israel? And did not the Lord anoint you king over, over Israel? In other words, Saul has become too big for himself. He is now doing what he wants, not what God wants him to do. We're talking about, you know, obedience. We're talking about you obeying what God has said to you. You obeying the word of God, living according to what God has said. If you, if you can't do that, and you're chopping and changing and trying to find ways and finding uh, ways of, you know, that there, there are so many teachings that's going on today, manipulating the word of God to say the things that they want it to say. But there's only one way of interpreting the word, and that's the truth. And, and uh, uh, Timothy tells us, study to show yourself approved. A workman need not to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. There's a right and wrong way. The right way are not two ways. It's not A and B. There's only one way, one right way. There's only one truth. And that we must interpret the scriptures correctly. 
And if we do that, then we are going to do correctly what God has asked us to do. Samuel interpret what God is saying to him every time in his own way, in his own eyes. The people that were with him, thank you, the people that were with him, they have saved the, uh, the, the, the good for sacrifice. Well, he's the leader. And he can turn around to, the, to them and say, this is not what God sent me out to do. This, God sent me out to destroy everything. You, want, you, you better destroy everything. He didn't. He's blaming the people, but he likes it as much as they do. Thank you, Lord. See, obedience is to retire or withdraw from your own desires. Obedient is to retire or withdraw from your own desires. Obedient is to be teachable and applicable. If you're not applying, if you can't apply yourself according to what God is saying to you, you're not in obedience. If you want to follow your own desire, exactly what has just happened there, Saul and the people spared the good in their eyes, their own desire. They're using the sacrifice to the Lord as an excuse. They'll sacrifice one and they take five home for themselves. Well, that is not what God wants us to do. Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. Verse 3. He says, For if anyone think of himself to be something, when he is not, he deceives himself. But let each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone, and not and not in another, for each one shall bear his own load. We will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and each one of us will give an, our account to the Lord Jesus. We must obey God. We must do what God has asked us to do. It's not always easy to obey God. Well, I say it's not easy to obey God. To obey God, it takes guts. The life of, you know, we know of, you know, our pastor Silas and, and his family move all the way from London to Ghana to, you know, Ejusu, a place to go and pioneer new work. Well, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. I mean, the things, you know, Pastor Silas had two cars when he was here. Now he's, you know, he doesn't have a car over there. It hasn't been easy. But if you want to follow God, if you want to obey God, it's not going to be easy. But I can guarantee you, I can assure you, as you, as you take the steps of obeying the Lord, it will get better and one day you will look back and say, thank you, Lord. I'm so glad that I obeyed. I'm so glad that I sacrificed. I'm so glad that I endured. I'm so glad that I I had patience to walk through the, the hardship time. I'm so glad that I did not quit. I'm so glad that I did not give up. I'm so glad that I did not see seek my way. But I obeyed you. If you do that, you will see the goodness of God. I could, you know, we, we, we talk about Abraham. Abraham had to obey God. Abraham was told, and I, I like when I read the scripture, um, 
um, you know, Abraham is called in Genesis chapter 12, 1 to 3. God calls Abraham and tells him, leave your home, leave your family, and, and to a place where I'm going to, I, I'm, I will show you. And Abraham, Abraham departed. Abraham followed God. Abraham listened to God's word and left what he, where he was. And, 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 and that, that's the first step of obedience. But I want to, you to just see something here before I bring it uh, to a close. And, and in Genesis chapter 22, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Genesis 22. It says, Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. Here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you have, whom you love, and go to the land of Mor Moriah, Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offerings on one of the mountains of which I will show, I will tell you. Abraham has passed the first test. I, I want to tell you that if you're walking with the Lord, each step, you're going to have to obey God. Every junction, you're going to have to obey God. Abraham, get out of your country. I'll show you a place where I'm going to give you. Then Abraham eventually have a son. He first messed up with um, uh, and, uh, his first son, Ishmael. But God's promise was for Isaac. And Abraham now has got his promised son. And God says that, Go and sacrifice the son that you love. You know, God has a good sense of humor. Go and sacrifice. Don't make a mistake. Oh. The one that you love is the one that I want you to sacrifice to me. Your only son, the one that you love. Why does he have to say the one that you love? It must have pinched Abraham. More. You see, if we don't let go things, if we don't let go and we hold on to things and we hold on to uh, other sense of life, if we hold on to them, we're going to end up that those things become destruction uh, on the, 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 the promises of God to our life, how we should obey God for our life. God wanted to check Abraham's heart to make sure that he will not withhold anything from him, that nothing is, will get in his way between him and God. Nothing will get in Abraham's way between him and God, not even his son Isaac, whom he loved. So God says, go and sacrifice him. We're talking about what it takes to obey God. It takes everything that you have to obey God. Abraham went. On his way, his son said, Father, we have the wood. Where is the lamb? Abraham spoke. He says, God will provide for himself a lamb. Hallelujah. 
God will provide for himself. Whatever he's asked you to do, God will provide himself that which he wants you to do. He will make a way. He will make provision. He will send help. He will send people. He will send finances. He will send everything that you need in order for you to do what God is calling you to do. And those that will rise up against you are those people that was going to help you to transport you to your destiny. God. It takes guts to obey God. Isaiah, you know, to, to talk about obedience, we must mention Isaiah 119. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. I am here today to encourage you that to obey is better than sacrifice. No amount of money can you give to God that will be enough for him. The only thing he wants from you is your life. If you don't give your life in obeying to his word, See, when he has you, he has everything that you have. If he doesn't have you, he doesn't have anything that you have. Let us be obey the word of God. Let us obey the vision that he has given to us individually. And let's go forth and fulfill those dreams, those visions. And he will be glorified in our life. Where he sent, we will go. Never fear. Only trust and obey. God bless you. I want you to obey God in every situation. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, that we look at our father Abraham in his obedience to you. Lord, and we look at Saul and his disobedience, and we pray, Lord, help us not to be Saul, but to be Abraham in our lives. May we obey you no matter what, no matter how. When we hear you, we respond that we can be a blessing. Abraham responded. And became a blessing unto all of us today. May we do likewise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening. If you were blessed by today's message, why not share it with a loved one? And as always, stay connected by visiting our website at www.lwmi.org.uk. We hope you were blessed.